I honestly believe that if we ever grasp the reality of how much we're loved and our significance in this generation, if we ever grasp that, if we ever wake up to that in its fullness, where we understand, I honestly believe it can change the world. It can change the church, the face of the church. It can change the direction that our own lives are heading. Because it sets us on a new course. Because all of a sudden, everything becomes possible to us because we know that we're loved by the Father. All of a sudden, our life takes on a new purpose because it takes on the purpose of the Father's. All of a sudden, church isn't an event, it's an encounter where we come together to encounter the presence of God that can actually change us. I understand that God gave gifts to men. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some teachers, some evangelists. But he gave those gifts for the perfecting of the body, for the edification of the body, to bring us all unto the common faith. The teacher, the evangelist, the pastor, the prophetic voice in a ministry is not to direct you to a ministry. It's supposed to direct you into your identity. Because your identity now becomes son, now becomes daughter. And from that point, from that revelation, from the time that you experience that revelation, the whole process of maturity is growth into identity where you identify yourself as a son or a daughter. Where you come to know God as a father, not as a creator, but as a father. I mean, there's people that don't believe in Jesus, but they believe in intelligent design because they can look at creation and see that there's a designer like I've said in another message, anywhere you go, anywhere that we discover an indigenous tribe, they're always worshiping something because man's natural response to creation is creator. You have to be taught evolution. You have to be taught that we evolved because you can look into the heavens and you know that something much greater than man is out there. And there is. His name is God. He is Creator. But to you, He's Father. If mercy, grace, or faithy, which are my daughters, if they came unto me and they started calling me Creator, it would be really weird to me. <laughs> if they just seen me as Creator, but nothing about me was relational to them if they knew that I created them, but they never had that intimate touch of a father that says, come here, let me hold you, everything will be okay. If they never experienced that, I might have created them or helped create them. They could point back and say, I have a dad, but they could never say he helped father me. 
Jesus came for one reason, and it was to reveal the Father. In Hebrews chapter 1, it says that He is the express image of the Father. That means whatever you see in Jesus' earthly ministry is the will of God for your life. Whatever Jesus did, whatever Jesus said, whoever Jesus was, was all found in the Father. Because Jesus found his identity from who God said he was. When he was baptized by John in the Jordan, a voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son. And then he says, in whom I'm well pleased. The father was pleased with Jesus before one miracle. Why? Because he was his son. And you've heard me say before, because I thought in my mind, well, what was Jesus doing for 30 years? What was God doing? No great signs, no miracles, no wonders. What was he doing? And I always believed that he was learning to be a man. He had never been one before. (laughs) And now we're learning to be like God because we had never been it before. Our new birth gave us rights. It gave us an inheritance. And that's what it says in the book of Colossians, I believe it is, that we may know what is the hope of His calling. And what it's in Ephesians chapter 1, sorry. That we may know what is the hope of His calling and what is the riches of His inheritance in the saints. Do you know on the day that Jesus died and God rose him from the dead the third day, when he rose Jesus from the dead, he rose us together with Christ. He rose Jesus' dead body and he actually rose our dead spirits. He took us from there and he transcended us, and the scripture says, and placed us in heavenly places in Christ. We have the authority that Jesus has on earth when Jesus walked the earth. We do right now. We have the authority to to literally tell the devil to stop, and he has to stop. Tell him to leave, he has to leave. If we pray for somebody that their faith fails not, We're standing in the place of sonship just like Jesus was. Jesus prayed for Peter because Satan wanted to devour, sift Peter like wheat. Jesus said, I've prayed for you that your faith fails not. We have that same ability to pray with confidence, knowing the goodness of our Father, that when we ask Him for something, we'll actually receive it. That the enemy will be stopped and that the faith of somebody that we love will actually be saved. You can't access this authority because you're in ministry. You can't access this authority because you do good things. This authority that's given to us only is revealed by revelation. The revelation that we receive from God can only come through relationship. It's that quality time with your father where then he begins to expose his heart to you 
and your heart begins to reflect His. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 16. Chapter 16, verse 23. He says, And in that day you shall ask Me nothing. He said, I tell you the truth, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in My name, He will give it you. He said, up until this point, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time is coming when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I will show you plainly of the Father. And that day you shall ask in my name, and I don't tell you that I will pray to the Father unto you. For the Father himself loves you because... You have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father and I am coming to the world and again I leave the world and go to the Father. In these scriptures, when I was just reading through this this week, he said, up until this point, you have asked me nothing. You have asked nothing in my name. He said, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. He said, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Then he goes on to say, these things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time is coming where I shall show you plainly from the Father. And if we back up to verse 13, we'll begin to understand how we're going to receive the revelation from the Father. This is, this is what He says. How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak. And He will show you things to come. He shall glorify Me, for He shall receive of Mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father has are Mine. Therefore said I that He shall take of Mine and shall show it unto you in a little while and you see me no more and again a little while and you shall see me because I go to the Father when the spirit of truth has come the scripture says that he will lead us and guide us into all truth for he shall not speak of his own he's not speaking on his own but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come the Holy Spirit delights in showing us the revelation that He's received from the Father. It's the whole reason why He's in the earth today because He delights in the inheritance of God. He wants to take the Father and make the Father known unto you. That's why Jesus would say, a little while and you see Me no more. And then again, a little while and you'll see Me again. Listen to what Hebrews it's chapter 8, which are very famous scriptures in this church. I'm going to start with verse 10, go through 13. But I'm going to put a strong emphasis on verse 11. And this is what it says. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law into their mind and I will write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me from the least to the greatest. 
For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. And that he said a new covenant. He has made the first old. Now that which is decaying and waxing old is ready to vanish away. The emphasis on verse 11 says, And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me from the least to the greatest. I honestly believe that this is my ministry. My life is stamped with this verse, and they shall not teach every man his neighbor, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me from the least unto the greatest. There's never been a generation since the apostles where they've all known the Father from the least to the greatest, but it was always in the heart of God. This scripture, I honestly believe, is going to be fulfilled in this generation where we all know him from the least of us to the greatest of us. That you don't have to be taught, know the Father, because you will know him. It's been in the heart of God from the crucifixion of Jesus all the way to this present day, that we all would have the possibility to know Him, to actually know Him from the least to the greatest. But because we've been so brainwashed through religion to believe something other than the truth, all that has to be stripped away. Because what God wants to do in our generation is something new. It's not based on past successes or past failures. If the Lord said to you, today, behold, I'm going to do a new thing in the earth, what do you think that would be? What would be the new? Because every new thing that God does in the earth always starts with a person. It always starts with a people group. I was having a conversation with a dear friend this week. And we were talking about prayer, and I mean, I love this guy. We were talking about prayer, and prayer is amazing. Prayer is great. Just in the simplest form, prayer is just you communicating with God. It's you talking to Him like you would talk to a friend. Like Heather said, it's so simple that people want to make it a hard thing so that they can feel better about praying. But he was telling me about this system of different levels of prayer. And I said, man, that sounds amazing. And I could completely be wrong. I said, but man, I just, I don't want another doctrine. I just want to know him. And I said, if it's possible for a man to walk with God in our generation, I will find out. I will find out. Not because I'm somebody, but because I'm hungry for more. This just doesn't satisfy me. Because there's something that the early church had that is promised to be ours, but it's like we haven't grasped it in this generation. But if we can pull it out of the Spirit because it's already been deposited inside of us, then church wouldn't be church as normal anymore. When we come in here, we would be overwhelmed by the presence of a father that we just came into his house. The whole family just got together and he's cooking something for us to eat. 
We're sons and daughters that have been invited to take part of this feast. And it's not just one or two people that we all shall know him from the least to the greatest. I've told this testimony. I had pain in my knee. Faith, he prayed over me. The pain left. I had pain in my shoulder. Faith, he prayed over me. The pain left. Last week, I could barely bend my leg. It hurt right here and in the front of my kneecap. And it was time for us to go to bed, and I thought I should have faith pray over my leg. And I thought, well, if it hurts in the morning, I will. Like Pharaoh with the frogs. Tomorrow. <laughs> Let me sleep with these guys one more time. <laughs> really like frogs in my bed. <laughs> so I woke up in the morning, the pain was the same, if not worse. So I sat there spending time with the Lord, and Faithy got up, I heard her go into the bathroom, and I said, hey, I said, I need you to pray for me when you get out of there. And she said, okay, Dad, you know, and went ran in the bathroom, and then as she gets done, I hear the toilet flush, and she says, I'm, I'm coming, Dad, I, ju- I just have to wash my hands first. <laughs> <laughs> so she came and placed her little hand on my knee, and you know what? It wasn't automatic like the other time, but within the hour, that pain was completely gone. And it's not because faith has the gift of faith, which whether she does or not, I have no idea. It's because she wasn't raised with unbelief. All she knows is that God is good and pain is bad. When she talks to the Father, when she prays, she don't even have this great eloquency of speech. Most of the time you have to pay attention to what she's saying because it's all mumbled together. But she has a heart that trusts in God because she was raised the right way, not the wrong way. Our innocency is a gift that was given to us by and through the blood of Jesus. We are righteous because of the blood of Jesus. I have a right to access the things that belong to Jesus because of Jesus. But all those things were given to us through Jesus by the Father. I want my kids to know if they dig a hole so deep they can't get out of. If they try to make their bed in hell, if they say, surely the darkness will hide me, there, even the darkness will become light because of the presence of the Lord. Because I prayed for them as a son that even in their darkest times that their faith wouldn't fail. And I know that the Father in heaven loves them more than I love them. I don't even know if it's right, if it's sound doctrine, but I just know I cannot continue to keep going the same way that I've been going and not encounter the real presence of God. The times that I experience the presence of the Lord in such a tangible way. I want my kids to experience this. It's a real thing. 
where the Holy Spirit comes into a place and you feel like you could take hold of him. Where all you want to do is just get on your face before the Lord, not because you're some servant, but because he's so good. Like, why would you ever even speak to a man such as myself? Why would you reach down and actually bend yourself down to behold the things that's going on in my life? Why would you whisper words of encouragement to me even when I put myself here? I don't know what you guys cry out for when it's just you and God. I'm not crying out for more of Him. I understand I have the Holy Spirit. But I'm crying out that I may know you. And what is the hope of your calling? That I may be able to reveal you not only in my family, but in my everyday life. That when I leave somebody's house, they really feel like God just visited them. That they feel loved. That they feel valued. That they feel respected. That they don't feel condemned. That all the condemnation that they had, when I leave, I take that with me. And I place it back where it belongs, on top of the devil. Sometimes what I pray, I don't even know if it's legal to pray that way. Sometimes I don't even know if I should be asking for the things that I'm asking for. All that I know is that there has to be something more than this. This isn't enough for me. It's not. I know I'm saved. Yeah, I know I'm saved. That's, that's phenomenal. But there's a life inside of Christ that this world hasn't seen yet. And I know it's real. I'm not asking if it's real. I know it's real. I understand that we know in part. We prophesy in part. The part that we know is phenomenal. We speak it all the time. It's life. I understand that God has chosen the foolish things of the world and even the foolishness of preaching. I understand that preaching is very important. I understand ministries are very important. They are. I understand that God sets mandates on ministries where the body of Christ is then doing the mandate together to reach the common goal. But in this season that, that we're in right now, I think we're in a very uncommon season because I honestly believe that we're an uncommon people. You wouldn't have a desire in your heart for more if there wasn't more. <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't have that desire because there would be no option in your mind for it. When I read in the book of Acts and I see these miracles, these signs, these wonders that all brought confirmation to who Jesus said he was and brought glory to God. When the Apostle Paul is preaching the gospel and he looks at a man that was born lame and he's seen that the man had faith to be healed and he said, arise in the name of Jesus and be healed and the man jumped up. 
When I look at the Apostle Peter and John going into the temple by the gate, which is beautiful in the same situation with a different man that's completely healed, not only healed, but then he leaps to his feet and begins to jump on legs that have never walked a day in their life. When I see Peter in Acts chapter 4 pray for boldness in the place where they're gathered together shakes and the power of God comes upon them in such a way that in Acts chapter 5 they're dragging the people out of the cities into the streets, out of their homes, just hoping that Peter's shadow would heal them. And the scripture says that all were healed. From Peter's shadow, there wasn't this doctrine on laying on of hands and baptisms and being right in the sight of God. All there was was the person of Jesus that was placed at the head of the church and they were made children. It's the simplicity of the gospel that we're children. That there's one Savior, His name is Jesus And he's commissioned us to go and make disciples. That everywhere we go, we have the potential to manifest the Father if we'll submit to the will of the Son. We're co-heirs, but we're also co-laborers together with Christ. We've received the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation, it looks just like the book of Acts. Signs, wonders, miracles, all confirming that Jesus Christ is still alive in our generation. That he didn't pass away with the apostles. Because now he's walking with us in our generation. He's not a good doctrine or a theology. He's a real person. And that's why the significance of what it says in John chapter 16, that the time is coming where I will no longer speak unto you in parables, but I will show you plainly of the Father. I will plainly show you what the Father is saying and doing and wants to do and will do. If I could encourage you in anything this morning, If you're lacking hunger in your life, if you're lacking passion, if you're lacking desire in any area that you know that you're called to, I would ask you that you would start asking the Lord for those desires that you want, that you see that you need. It's not up to us to conjure them up. It's not up to us to produce them. It's not. Our only Our only job in all of this, like Mark was saying, is is to believe, to pursue. Not gifts, not ministries, but His presence. I've been in this Bible for, now it's been almost 18 years. I've spent every day in it. Numerous hours, almost of every day. I can't think of a day in 18 years where I haven't been in this word and nowhere in here does it say you can't have what I said you could just have where you could have the Father manifest Himself to you 
in a real and tangible way that you could know Him. Not just know of Him, but that you could know Him. Not as Creator, but as Father. This is how I got to know the Father. It was by the Word of God. And when I first came to the Lord, I had such a desire to know, know Him. I called Him God at that time. I didn't call Him Father. Would have never dared talk to Him as Daddy. Would have been so disrespectful. But I had a desire to know Him. And then, I, then this thought entered my mind. Well, okay, I believe there's a God. I know, I know there's a God, but how do I know I got the right one? <laughs> With all these gods out here, how do I know I got the right one? So I started doing research. Joshua McDowell's Already Defense for the Faith. Just different stuff. Different books. Studied the Dead Sea Scrolls. Spent a large amount of my first year doing that. But then, stuff started to happen. The stuff that I found in the Word the presence of God, the gifts of healing, they started to function in mine and Heather's life. The speaking in tongues, the laying on of hands, all this became real. It came off the pages and it started living in my life. I know we have all encountered God, the Father, in the Word. But I believe it's actually the Word coupled with the Holy Spirit that produces the atmosphere of His presence in our lives. Because the Scripture says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What were they actually hoping that would fall on them, that they would be healed from Peter? It was his shadow. Because Peter was overshadowed by the presence of God. I believe we can have these things. I believe we settle for way less. I do. I believe the majority of the time we don't know how to access them because we have too many doctrines. I think it messes us up. I really do. When we could just have the faith of a child. The faith of a child who's actually communing with their father. Oh, let's pray. I just want to thank you. Holy Spirit, I want to thank you, Father. I want to thank you that you would choose to manifest yourself, not only to us individually, but to a whole generation. Father, I ask you that as we leave this place, that there would be an anointing upon our words, upon our speech, similar to those of Reinhard Bonnke or the great Billy Graham, who was great in you, They didn't say anything spectacular, Father. But there was a power on their words, just like there was on Jesus's, that just compelled people. We know that power was the Holy Spirit. 
we ask you that you would begin to manifest yourself to us. The reality of your presence, that it would fill our services. Father, that, that our kids would grow up in this atmosphere where they would listen to you, look for you, speak to you and about you, that they would always find themselves and that we would find ourselves surrounded in your presence, filled with nothing but your love. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.